MoreLikeRadio.com. It's our duty to entertain you. <laughs> I said duty. Only alcohol can make life bearable. You must drink, always drink. I blame this all on Kevin, damn you. Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? We, we hung out with, with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume. He only says like three words. He, he's like really shy. He really talked to me. Towards the end of the night when he was drinking more, man, he, he was he was right there with us talking on my own minute. Alcohol by Volume? I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by Volume, awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show, because by hour two, he's blitzed. I'll bet. Oh, it's awesome. Because it's a beer show. Kevin's some stupid kid. Weird thing. Polish last name. Yeah. Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol my volume. Alcohol my volume. I no, shove don't. alcohol in my butthole. That's not it? It's nothing to do with butthole. I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like a drinking a vitamin right? So you're blaming the drunkard. Yes, I'm blaming the MLR drunkard, Kevin. Hello, bartender. I have thought it over, and far from being a fat pig, you are very nice. And I would like another drink. Take a barf, drunkie! Calm your tits, Alan. I'm here. After a slight little uh, login technical snafu, we are live here on Alcohol by Volume. It is Tuesday, April 1st, 2014. No, I'm not going with any April Fool's Day shenanigans, although I think the server was trying to play some of its own. Ah, So, um, yeah, if you want to Skype in, Alcohol by Volume, all one word. Phone number is 862-345-7125. And if you're listening live, join in the chat, morelikeradio.com slash live. Uh, well, I know I started off with Hockey Talk last week, and that seemed to work really well. So let's see. Uh, the Red Wings are still rolling, thanks to Gustav Nyquist, and we will probably actually make the playoffs miraculously. Um the Leafs are collapsing. Who didn't see that coming? And now the Blackhawks have lost Jonathan Taze to injury for an indeterminate time, and everybody's losing their shit over it. Well, actually, no. Blackhawks fans are losing their shit over it. Everybody else is just saying that uh, Brooks Orpik threw a good hit, which I fucking hate Brooks Orpik, and uh, even I have to admit, it was an okay hit. So, it, late season hockey is why it's crazy. Um, <laughs> Dennis asking, what's hockey? Well, yeah, with the devils uh, uh you, you might you might just want to kind of stick with that sentiment there dude ah uh, so let's see what um what i picked up uh well i guess it was over the weekend oh well, let's see uh, we're already going within the chat here rangers suck dick flyers swallow fuck the bruins not saying the first thing that uh, red Sox in the chat said um wait we, we, we can all agree the uh, penguins suck dick too right please I don't think I have any Penguin fan. Actually, no, I probably do have Penguins fan listeners. Who knows? Um, but beers I bought this weekend, I actually blew through them already. I didn't actually buy that many. I picked up a sixer of the 312 Urban Wheat from Goose Island since I liked the one bottle so much that I had last week. Like I said, it's already gone. Uh, I think I actually drank five of them in one evening. Uh, last week at work was, was not particularly pleasant for me. And... Um, that that's all I'll really get into with that. Uh, fuck my job. 
and uh, Western Echo in the chat is uh, about two seconds away from getting banned. <laughs> Don't mention that name. Um, then I also found Terrapin's Pineapple Express from their side project series. I know I've mentioned that on the show in the past. Um, ignoring the chat. Ignoring the chat. Um, knowing Dennis, uh, pictures will be ending up in there soon. Oof. Um, so the recipe for Pineapple Express, it was the winner of their first employee homebrew contest. It was actually really nice. Uh, it had a good, subtle pineapple aroma, just enough pineapple flavor at the back end. And of course, I, I, I think I posted my untapped check-in for it on Facebook. And Patrick on Facebook didn't quite appreciate the way I described it, but screw it, I liked it, and that's how I was going to describe it. So tonight, though, I do not have... Be- well, okay... I don't really have beer. I, for for thirst's sake, I actually just have a Starbucks tumbler full of um, full of birch beer. It's it's sort of kind of beer, right? It counts because the actual alcohol I have down here is not really the thirst quenching type. Look, oh no, there will be no pictures of that nature in the chat, Dennis. Oof. In case you... Ah-ha! Dennis fucked up the next one. He posted a picture of fucking little bitch boy with the cup. Ugh. Ugh, delete that! Ugh, yuck. Jesus. If No. If Crosby was a tranny, I would not let him blow me like Bailey J. Wait, are we implying... Never mind. Not getting the whole last week thing. If 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 you if you want to hear the tranny talk, download last week's show. <laughs> so um, anyway, tonight I'm I'm drinking. I uh, posted a picture in the chat. Is uh, well, I don't care about that fucking trophy. That's the Eastern Conference trophy. And Jesus, how, Dennis really really likes Crosby and Malkin. Apparently, hmm, didn't know that. Thought he was a big Devils fan, but I guess he went over to the dark side. Um, I'm drinking boxed wine tonight. I'm going classy. I did not go with the big five-liter box of Franzia or Corbett Canyon or anything like that, though. Uh, I did a three-liter box of Pinot Noir from The Naked Grape. And uh, let's see, the, the, the box is fully recyclable from the bag to the box... They've teamed up with TerraCycle to eliminate the idea of waste. La, 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 la. So I, I tried to go in with an environmentally conscious boxed wine. Uh, so it's Pinot Noir. So it's, you know, red wine. And basically, I did this today because little Matt demanded it. And I figured, what the hell? It, it's not it's not a pranky, jokey, ha, 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 hacky bullshit thing for April Fool's Day. Just something something a little different that I might not normally do. So I'll be drinking this throughout tonight's show. Probably too much of it in the end because spigots on boxes of wine make it a little bit too easy to keep pouring more and more and more. Now, speaking of April Fool's Day jokes and bad, hacky jokes, I think you guys would agree with me that there was so much fucking garbage. Okay, now that's... That almost looks like somebody was playing NHL 14 
as the Penguins, but uh, traded Crosby away or something? Because why is Malkin the captain? That's just really, really odd. But eh, whatever. Um, but there have just been horrendous April Fool's Day jokes today. Now, I'm not talking about the people that were doing just like, you know, obvious, obvious stuff on Twitter and Facebook. I mean, I know um, Punchy, for instance, was, you know, doing a, a random set of things. Not stuff like that. That was just, that was obvious shit. God damn it. Now Alan's getting into the mix. <sighs> ignoring the chat, ignoring the chat. Uh, um, Jesus Christ. Uh, I hope he falls on his fucking face and gets another fucking concussion. So, as I was saying, the April Fool's Day jokes. There were, there were so... There was one decent one that I really saw all day. And if, if you guys have Netflix, you saw it on there. They had uh, as the banner uh, after you log in. It was a... You know what? I'm just uh, going to scroll up the chat there. Uh, it was a... Uh, titled as a Netflix original series called Rotisserie Chicken. And you load it up, and I actually I played the whole thing while I was at work today. Um, if people peeked in through my office window and looked at my second monitor, they'd be wondering what the hell I was watching. It was basically a spinning rotisserie chicken for about 70 minutes. That's all it was. All it was, just a spinning rotisserie chicken. I thought that was kind of funny from Netflix. Netflix seems to have a decent sense of humor there. Um, but some people, they just thought they could post something that's obviously false. And, yeah, I, I'm sure, uh, yeah, Red Sox, uh, you probably had that from your private collection, right? Um, it, 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 like, big sites posting stuff that's obviously false and expecting us to laugh at it. I mean, th- there was there was a lot of really bad shit out there. I... I even thought Sam Adams thing was just kind of stupid. What they did, they um, Jim Cook had a beer on tap. He said it was a new Sam Adams beer called Healy Yum. And I didn't even watch the whole thing. I, I heard enough of it to realize I didn't want to watch anymore. And, you know, he drank the beer and suddenly he's talking with a, a helium voice kind of thing. Uh, I, I, I pretty much like stayed out of the beer subreddit today. I mean, I, I had all my show prep done yesterday because I knew that there was just going to be a bunch of bullshit today. Um, the, the key to a good April Fool's gag is making something that's just believable enough so that there's still a slight bit of doubt in you. I mean, there was one that um, the BBC did saying, oh, guess what? Peter Capaldi isn't really the next Doctor. He's masquerading as the master, and this guy is going to be the twelfth doctor. It's like, wait, what? So, uh, I mean, it, it was. What was the other one I saw? Oh, God. this was this was from the um, Canadian Olympic team's official website. Now, this was actually kind of beer related, and I saw it. I was like, are are they fucking thinking that they're actually funny with this? Now. For those of you that paid attention to Olympic hockey, you know that there was a bet between the U.S. and Canada over the uh, Olympic hockey tournament. And if you know Canada won, you know Obama is sending some beers over to Canada. And if you know um, if the U.S. won, they were sending beers over here. The gag in this article 
was that Obama sent them the beers and they took a look at them and said, uh, you know, politely said, oh, no thanks, and sent them back. You know, the old joke, ah, ha, ha, American beer sucks, Canadian beer rules. You know, that old, tired gag that hasn't been true in a really, really long time, especially in this age of craft beer. It, 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 was, it was lazy. I mean, I, I would expect, you know... I don't know. I, I would expect somebody's uncle on Facebook to make jokes like that that really don't have any discernible punchline or humor to them. But the Canadian Olympic team, I mean, it's stupid. So it, the, the internet was just fucking retarded today. Um, okay, Western Echo in the chat saying, American beer does suck. You could say, you know your standard big beers in America suck. But then again, they're not even fully um, American-owned anymore. So, I mean, you, you go to the craft beers. Um, I, I don't think Canadian craft beer can compare yet to American craft beer. Uh, there, there's a lot out there, especially in you know areas like Vancouver and stuff, but I, I don't think... Uh, uh, okay, I was trying to... I'm trying to remember who that is. I think that's Brad Stewart. I'm surprised Crosby's not diving there. <laughs> um, let me see if I can find this. Uh, this should be easy enough. Oh, here we go. That's the one I want. Uh, okay. Back to the chat, because... Um, Western Echo is having a wonderful love fest with Crosby. So I'll, I'll, I'll do this one. It was, it was the night that uh, Kirk Maltby almost killed Sidney Crosby. Yeah. Little tap on the back of the shin. Oh, God! Down like you got hit by a sniper and stayed down. What a little bitch. Uh, so let me get into um, our you know little, little news things. Um, Again, going through stuff, I mean, thankfully, I, I went through all my news items and everything yesterday, so I was not going to fall prey to some potentially believable April Fool's gag bullshit. Mm. Um, Welsh Distillery launches Seaweed Gin. Uh, let's see, this is from the drinks business. A Welsh distillery has released a seaweed gin infused with algae gathered from the Cornish coast. 42% ABV small batch Dalmil seaweed gin infused with seaweed for three weeks, giving it a yellowy green hue. And I think I can paste this image from the article so you can kind of see. Uh... Oh, no, I like that. <laughs> Wait, not that, though. Um... Who the fuck's. Oh, Blackhawks. Uh, some- somehow we've just turned into hockey gifts now. I don't know. But this is that seaweed gin. Um, so I, I'm not a gin drinker. Um, I don't know. I've never, never had occasion to drink gin, so I can't attest to how well seaweed would work with this flavor wise. I did enjoy that one, um, that seaweed infused beer Kelpie that I had the last festival I was at, uh, uh added kind of element of sweetness to it. Um, Let's see. They say, uh, the spirit's infused with seaweed for three weeks, giving the gin a light green yellowy sheen and is the ideal accompaniment 
to mussels and oysters. Um, let's see if they got any other interesting stuff here. The seaweed used to infuse the gin is gathered gathered from the beaches of New Quay and Cornwall and processed in small batches, distilled alongside herbs and spices for about three weeks, and watered down to drinking strength, strength with spring water. So, mm, might might just be kind of a gimmick if it doesn't really add anything to it. I mean, I know, um, what was that? There was a, there was a vodka that, um, and I'm forgetting the kind of grass that was in. I want to say, like, buffalo grass that it was called, something like that in the vodka. And I remember one of my listeners mentioned that he'd had it and it wasn't anything great. Um, this could just be another gimmicky kind of thing. I don't know. You would think gin is kind of strong enough on its own that a flavor like that would be lost in it. But again, I'm not a gin drinker. So, uh, okay. Texie says, uh, gin tastes like pine pitch. <laughs> Maybe that's why I've uh, never never been a fan of gin. So I, I, would, I would think the gin then would just overpower any, you know, flavor benefits that you might get from the seaweed. And I'm sorry if I sound nasally tonight. I think my allergies are doing a number on me, all the changing weather again. It was beautiful today, but it'll probably be back down to 20 degrees, you know, in the morning. So this one I got out of uh, Ottawa Magazine. Uh, It has to do with uh, bubblegum beer to celebrate baseball in Montreal. Now, some beers are said to actually have, you know, bubblegum flavor notes in them. They they come from the esters from uh, Belgian yeasts, but they actually kind of went the lazy way to get this flavor in there. I'd try it. Fuck, what wouldn't I try? Apparently, but. the Clock Tower in Westboro, blah, 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 blah. Uh, they host Ellis Valentine, former Montreal Expos right fielder and all-star, uh, who's in town to raise funds for the Miracle League of Ottawa, ahead of the Toronto Blue Jays' two exhibition games in Montreal this weekend. And they've created a... Let's see. Uh, when they say this weekend, that was probably... Yeah, that was last week. Um, wait, was that? Yeah, last week. Okay. Um, yeah, because opening day was yesterday. Dumbass. Uh, they created a beer in his honor. Clock Tower Brewmaster Patrick Fiore brewed Valentine 17 ballpark beer for the occasion. He wanted it to have a bubblegum flavor, but wasn't sure if a Belgian-style beer would produce the profile he desired. The Belgian yeast do have that trait, so they would have, but this is the part that, I don't know, freaks me out a little bit. So instead, he bought a ton of Hubba Bubba gum to include in the brew. Well, I guess at least he did a decent bubblegum instead of something like, I don't know, bazooka. The result, Fiori says, is a beer that carries that signature gum flavor with pride. Now, the question I have is, okay, yeah, it may carry that signature gum flavor, but um, does it taste like ass along with the beer? Mm. But um, I'd be be curious. If you were going to enhance the flavor like that, you'd want it in a Belgian beer because then it might accentuate it a little bit better. Just my thought. And I got to say, this box wine actually isn't half bad. It's pretty decent. This box contains the equivalent of four bottles of wine. No, I am not drinking the entire thing tonight because I don't want to die. I have to work in the morning. I mean, the uh, the anniversary show, I don't think I had to work the next day, so that wasn't a problem. Okay, uh, what do I got next year? Um, this was popping up all over the place. Apparently, another new science study. This is, you know, this is one on the good end. I know last week I had the, you know, uh, men who drink regularly increase their risk of stroke, blah, 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 you know, whatever. This one, beer marinade could reduce levels of potentially harmful substances 
in grilled meats. Now, this was actually like a it's from ScienceDaily.com that they actually put research like documents in here. So there's a lot of sciencey stuff in the uh, source material. So I, I tried to kind of dumb it down. There are substances that form when meats are cooked at very high temperatures, you know, like on a backyard grill, called PAHs, polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons. We don't really need to know that whole thing again. Just remember PAH. So high levels of PAH are in cigarette smoke, exhaust. They've been associated with cancer in lab animals, unsurprisingly. So this research, it was done with marinated pork. One of them, they marinated four hours in a pilsner. Uh, one in a non-alcoholic pilsner. I don't know what the point of that is. And one, they described it as a black beer ale. I'm thinking something like a black IPA, maybe. They cooked it to shit, a.k.a. well done. You kill a good piece of meat like that uh, on a charcoal grill. They said the black beer had the strongest effect. A successful black. Who'd have thunk it? Huh? Racism? What? No? Huh? Uh, Reducing the levels of eight major PAHs by more than half as compared with unmarinated pork. So they were able to actually, you know, prove it against unmarinated pork, that there was some sort of effect there in killing the the bad stuff. And Western Echo in the chat. Yeah, I mean, there's more dumbing down than this here show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, It gets worse. It does. Hear me every week. Come on. I'm on a downward spiral here. Red Sox, that's hurtful. I prefer you drink it all and die. Ugh. Then who would entertain you on Tuesday? No- oh, yeah, that's assuming you're entertained in the first place. Never mind. So, you know, it, the science, it's, you know, good news and everything, you know, the health benefit kind of thing. And, you know, marinating your, <laughs> saying it, marinate your meat and beer, <laughs> Uh, it can really enhance the meat anyway. I, I love cooking with beer, and I, I love putting some into my food if I have any left afterward. <laughs> that old gag. Do I need a like a bike horn here or something? Jesus. Um. So, yeah, I guess that that's that's it for like the little, little bits. Uh, it, one big story that jumped out at me this week, and I, I thought it was hilarious. If you remember last week, there was that whole bit over left-hand brewing trying to secure a copyright or a a trademark for the term nitro. And there was the whole deal over it. Uh, Anheuser-Busch might be opposing it. They're not sure yet, all that kind of thing. Uh, While I'm doing this, let me pour a little bit more wine from the spigot. Uh, Sounds like I'm pissing. Yeah. Okay. As I spill it on my desk, too. Good job, Kev. Ah, um, let's see. So this is from citypaper.com out of Baltimore. Duclaw Brewing sues left hand over trademarked beers. Now, like I said, it's kind of amusing considering how left hand's been trying to trademark Nitro recently. And now they're pretty much on the other end of a naming dispute. Um, so the, the story goes, uh, hold on a second here put that glass there. Yeah, I actually have uh, wine all over my desk now. Sign of a true alcoholic, I suppose. Can't uh, can't keep my booze in the glass. Okay. Leave that there for now. Um, Left Hand has two beers. 
and if you've had left-hand stuff, you, you know at least one of these. Sawtooth, uh, they're Belgian ale. I'm sorry, um, Sawtooth Ale and Blackjack Porter. They've been around since 1994. Dewclaw, on the other hand, has Sawtooth Belgian Ale and Blackjack Stout. Those have been around since 1998. So it seems kind of cut and dry, you'd think. Um, left hand had it first. You know, they, they predate by four years. So, you know, no case whatsoever, right? You'd think. Well, the lawsuit came about because left hand brews weren't previously distributed in Maryland, which is the home of Dewclaw. And now they are. Uh, from the article, while Left Hand had products called Sawtooth and Blackjack on the market first, Dewclaw's complaint alleges that after Dewclaw registered its Sawtooth and Blackjack trademarks in 2002, Left Hand's products of the same name entered the Maryland market. A 2010 letter Dewclaw sent to Left Hand asking it to cease and desist the use of, use of its current names for its beers Sawtooth and Blackjack failed to resolve the dispute. The lawsuit states... The significance of Left Hand entering into Maryland, the lawsuit continues, is that Dewclaw is based out of Maryland, and after successful and expensive marketing campaigns, its products using the uncontested registered marks Sawtooth and Blackjack Stout enjoy a strong reputation among Maryland's consumers. So, basically, Dewclaw is saying, you may have had the names first, but we were in Maryland first, and you're going to confuse people. In that sense, I can kind of understand Duclaw's reasoning for this, but whether or not they'll actually have a case due to prior use, I, I don't know how that works on a national level versus a local level, because obviously I'm not a lawyer. Ah, um, going with the commenters on the article... They're not particularly fans of Dewclaw or their beers, with uh, the exception of Sweet Baby Jesus. Pretty much everybody... Well, actually, there were even some people that were bitching about that on there, saying, eh, they ripped it off from someone else. I hadn't had another beer like Sweet Baby Jesus, so... Um, the word douchebags was, you know, being thrown around pretty liberally. I I don't get the hate out there for Dewclaw. Um I, I see it on Reddit, I've seen it on Beer Advocate, I've seen it in articles that I've, you know, read about Dewclaw. I, I don't understand it because I have not seen any douchebaggery from them. Meanwhile, you know, the owners of um of Beer Advocate and stuff like that are, you know, n- reported to be huge douchebags all over the place. Um Beer geeks are a strange breed, though. So I mean, they'll they'll you know, um, fuck. Had a train of thought and it completely derailed. Probably still boarding at the station. Um, it, they'll they'll go against a brewer for insignificant reasons. Um, they'll think that they're you know, um. A beer they released, you know, like I said, with Sweet Baby Jesus, they said, oh, you know, it's ripping off somebody else. So maybe, you know, they they think that and therefore they spread it to other people. I don't know. But I, I've never I've never seen the reason for the hate. I, I like their beers. Uh, Sweet Baby Jesus is one of the best I've had in a while. Um, their other ones, a little hit or miss for me. Um, none of them have reached that level, um, but I still don't get the hate out there. 
one commenter suggested, and this was actually a decent um, idea, they should take a page from Russian River and Avery, who both had a salvation beer and wound up just collaborating on it and making the collaboration, not litigation beer. Not a bad idea, but with the cease and desist and the lawsuit and lawyers and everything getting into it, it, it really looks like they're pretty well past that point, I'd say. Like I said, I can understand Duclaw's desire to protect their branding on their home turf. Um, I don't think, you know, there's a reason for, you know, copyright laws and trademark laws and everything. Um, But the way prior use laws go, I, I would almost think they don't have much of a chance on this one. Um, I mean, it, it left, you know, left hand had it first They're Now they're going into that market. Duclaw, you know, Duclaw is a little brother in this case. And they're, they're, they're not gonna be able to put up much of a fight. I don't think. Now, um, I'm thinking, you know, if, if if they were able to work out a compromise or something, you know, mentioned like that one commenter, I could see like left hand keeps Sawtooth, especially since they technically have two beers under that name um, and a pretty popular brew from them and gifting Blackjack to Duclaw in a compromise. Duclaw could then make a new marketing campaign out of it to raise awareness for a new name, somehow partner with left hand in a friendly fashion or whatever. But again, it may be well past that point since, you know, lawyers have decided to get involved. Uh, and I think there was a there was a Reddit post on it, too. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, like, okay, one of the commenters here. Duclaw is a gimmicky brewery. They're known for Sweet Baby Jesus, an average chocolate peanut butter porter with a catchy name. They seem to come out with a new gimmicky brew every other week. Um, let's see. What else are people saying? Uh, see, another person actually is Sweet Baby Jesus is amazing. I kind of agree they're gimmicky, but they're local to me and I like them. I wouldn't put them above the many other local breweries. Heavy Seas, Flying Dog, Evo, Union Craft, and several breweries that brew at Peabody Heights are all better in my eyes, but Duclaw makes some good stuff. So it, there are some people that, that will, you know, at least defend them. Um, let's see. Um... And this person actually has a decent point. Um, I mean, uh, let's see. Wow. I mean, left-hand sawtooth is a pretty well-known beer, especially now that they sell it in nitro bottles. You could say this is karma for left-hand scummy moves and trying to trademark nitro as it pertains to beer labeling, but this is almost as bad. I like the few Duclaw beers I've had, but this makes me lose a lot of respect for them. Like they're trying to, they're trying to protect, you know, a brand name there. I, I don't see that as a scummy move, but um, I guess by the same logic, left hand can sue them for every state they enter into where left hand distributed first. That's an interesting thought with that. If um, if Duclaw started, you know, moving their Sawtooth and their Blackjack, say, here into Jersey, I have not seen those particular names, but I have seen Sawtooth and Blackjack from left hand here in Jersey. I do get Duclaw brews out here, obviously, so... If, it, it, it is an interesting question, you know, the market overlap and stuff like that. Um, let's see. Yeah, another person sounds like Duclaw are a bunch of cunts. Outrage on the internet. Um, a lot of knee-jerk reactions. Okay, here we go. Oh, New Jersey beer guy. Okay, I, this guy I like. 
uh, it was it was in response to this petty bullshit does not have to happen. And he responds, if you're the holder of a trademark, yes, it does need to happen. Under trademark law, you're legally obligated to either defend it or license its usage. If you simply ignore someone else using your trademark, you weaken and will ultimately lose that trademark. Since you've invested a great deal of money in creating and marketing that mark, which Duclaw has locally with those two names, it would be rather foolish to just toss it away. So your choice is to either defend it or to license its use. Virtually no company is going to choose the latter when you're talking about the same sort of product being offered in the same market. So you do what being a trademark holder legally obligates you to do. You defend it. Then, of course, somebody follows up with, oh, and Candy Crush should win its trademark. And, of course, he got it wrong. He said it's trademark on Crush. No, they were trying to trademark Candy, you dumbass. If you're going to make an argument out of it, make sure you had the facts right on that. Um, Jeez. Hmm. Okay. Let's see what I got up next here. Uh, I know this is, a, this is just a weird pace show tonight. Starting starting off late threw me off, but eh, whatever. What are you going to do? Um, I actually got this one, I believe, last show from Scrams. And he, uh, he sent me this article. We were talking about uh, some of the more restrictive states in the country when it came to uh, liquor laws and things like that. Well, this article, let's see, this was from Time, uh, this was back in December of last year. The three best and three worst states in America for drinking. Uh, The worst didn't really surprise me all that much. Um, One of the best, again, didn't really surprise me. The other, I mean... um, I guess it's it's easier to gauge the more restrictive ones than the more lenient ones. So uh, the first on the best list was Missouri. Uh, they have no restrictions against open containers. That's nice. The only places it's illegal to be drunk in public are occupied schools. Makes sense. Churches. Okay, I guess. Uh, or courthouses. While localities can pass laws banning public intoxication, it's prohibited for cities and towns to require arrest for such offenses. That is pretty cool. Uh, the only downside is you have to live in Missouri. So, uh, Number two, Nevada. Uh, of course, Las Vegas, come on. Uh, similar to Missouri, there's a ban on local laws that make public intoxication illegal. Obviously, because if there was a ban on that, everybody would be getting arrested in Vegas. This is what I like. Alcohol can also be purchased 24 hours a day, seven days a week by any business that's willing to keep those hours. And in places like Las Vegas, there are plenty of vendors that fit that description. Uh, Number three, Wisconsin. Let's see. Wisconsin's cultural affinity towards beer and brewing is well known. It's helped encourage the state's lax liquor law. State law only prohibits sale of liquor between 2 a.m. and 6 a.m. That's... That's pretty good. I, you know, I, I don't need to buy beer at those hours because I'm probably already drunk by that time. And this is very interesting. And minors under the age of 21 are legally allowed to drink as long as they are accompanied by parents, guardians, or spouses of legal drinking age. Now, that is a strange-ass law. Um, so I mean, you're not, you're not gonna, 
well, I mean, you're you're not gonna be able to like, you know have parents hosting a house party for teens because the only people that would legally be able to drink there, you know, underage ones, would be their kids. But still, that I mean that that that's actually pretty awesome. Um, then the worst. Number one, as you may be able to suspect, Utah. Many of the restrictive drinking laws around the country derive from a religious skepticism of alcohol, which is bizarre considering that uh, religion bases one of their rituals around uh, what I'm drinking tonight, fucking wine, fucking hypocrites. And Utah's strong religious culture has helped motivate the passage of sundry drinking restrictions. Only beer with less than 3.2% alcohol by weight, yes, alcohol by weight, not by volume, can be sold in grocery and convenience stores or on tap. Like a strong drink, you're out of luck in Utah as cocktails can only contain 1.5 ounces of a primary liquor, while alcohol can't be purchased in restaurants without food. (laughs) And keggers are out of the question as keg sales are prohibited. Therefore, Utah sucks. But I think we already knew that. Number two, Massachusetts. What? The home of Sam Adams? Yep. Massachusetts, well known for its many colleges and universities, but the state laws seem aimed at preventing these students from having very much fun. Out-of-state driver's licenses aren't acceptable proofs of age under state law, meaning that out-of-state visitors can get turned away from bars. That is something I should worry about when I... um, I, I plan on going up to Boston sometime in the next few months, and uh, I guess I'll have to make sure I have a good growth of beard when I go up there. Because if I shave my face, there, there's no way they're you know they're going to card me every time. Um, let's see, bars are also prohibited from allowing drinking games on their premises. Okay, that's I mean that's kind of fair, and perhaps worst of all, happy hours are banned statewide. Now, is it just drinking happy hours, or you know, is it a happy hour where you get half off all appetizers? You know, because you, you ban those. That that's kind of shitty. Come on. And then number three, as I've talked about many, many a time, uh, Pennsylvania. If you're not from the Keystone State, stocking up for a party can be a pretty confusing task. All wine and liquor sold in the state are done by state-owned liquor stores, which don't sell beer at all. If you want a six-pack of brews, you would think that a beer distributor would be the place to go, except that those establishments are only allowed to sell cases, as I mentioned before. For anything less, you have to go to a restaurant with a liquor control board-issued license. As I mentioned before, I dated someone who went to Penn State, and they were picking up beers, and they went into... It was a bar that apparently had a liquor control board-issued license, and they were able to get a couple six-packs from there. Um, it, bizarre, and I, I'd re- I'd really like to know the foundation of a lot of these laws. Whether whether they're religious based in nature, or you know, kind of throwbacks from prohibition. Although you could possibly even argue that prohibition itself was kind of religious based in origin. I mean, it, but it. The, the logic with some of these, it, it's it's very, very strange. Never never really understood that. Um, ah, you know, I'll do this last one before break. Um, 
we're, we're getting you know we're we're getting into spring now. The the weather is finally 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 starting. To, oh, you know what? I take it back. I had one more thing I wanted to get into with that last one. Um, having to do with Wisconsin as one of the best, um, uh, you know, alcohol states. You know, kind of lax with that stuff. There's I, I found out there's actually still a dry city in Wisconsin. It's Sparta, Wisconsin. And it's been like that for the past 50 years. But they're going through a referendum trying to uh, reverse that. Um, let's see here. I got this from WXOW.com. Uh, Lacrosse, Wisconsin. Uh, WXOW 19. ABC 19. Uh, for the last 50 years, Sparta's been a dry city. If you want to buy beer, you have to drive out of the city limits to get it. Tom Eddy has owned Westside Wine and Spirits for six years. They're located on Highway 16 just outside of the city. Now, he's actually not happy about this because he says beer sales result in almost 50% of the revenue and the referendum passing would be devastating to his business. That is kind of strange to think of that a, a ridiculous law like you know a dry city, you, you have to realize it, it does really influence the outside of that city and, and the business that comes to them. Um. Let's see. The owner of that store said, when I bought the store, the law was you had to be outside the city limits. So you take that in mind when you make the investment in the community. So it'd be a big change. And yeah, if if that if that if Sparta became you know a non dry city, I guess you you know you'd call it a wet city at that point. I don't know if that's a technical term, but um, yeah, I mean it, the stores just on the outside of the on the outskirts of the city like that, they they'd be well, they wouldn't be immediately fucked. Because, I mean, it's a dry city. You're not just all of a sudden going to have liquor stores overnight, you know, popping up in Sparta. But, you know, you would hope it would give those on the outskirts time to kind of, you know, make a game plan for it. Uh, Apparently, this has been the fifth time since 2005 that voters have been asked to reverse the ban. Um, This year, unlike in previous years, it it asks only... Wow, acts... What the hell am I? Oof. It asks to sell only beer and wine, not other types of alcohol. So they're not trying to get into the hard liquor with that. Excuse me. Uh, 2011, the referendum failed to pass by just 20 votes. And, um, you know, basically people want to be able to buy, you know, beer and wine while they're shopping for the groceries. um, And, you know, they don't want to have to travel out of town for it. If the referendum passes, it would be about two months until residents can buy beer in the city. Now, of course, you know, supermarkets and stuff would be able to stock up on it. Um, to be honest, though, I mean, m- most of the time when I'm going to buy beer, I'm going to a place that has a selection, somebody that specializes in it. You know, it's... Like we have, um, we have convenience stores out here in New Jersey called Quick Check. You know, it's like a Seven Eleven kind of thing, a Wawa stuff like that. There's one by me that sells uh, beer, liquor, wine, and I can count the number of times I've actually bought beer there easily on one hand, maybe two, three times tops. Why? Because they don't have a great selection. These supermarkets in the city limits of Sparta are probably not going to have this expansive, you know, selection of you. You know, they're going to have your Bud, Bud Light, Miller, and all that stuff. Uh, they're not going to have like a huge craft brew selection and everything right off the bat. 
so the 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 liquor stores and everything on the outskirts are still going to have a purpose, especially considering that still inside the city limits, they're not going to be able to sell liquor. It's just uh, beer and wine. So I'm, I'm curious. Uh, they're actually they're voting on that referendum today. So I'm curious uh, how that'll turn out. I'm, I'm should keep my eye on that because you don't you don't hear about dry cities anymore. You you just don't really hear about them that much. Thank you, Dennis. <laughs> I know we, we we have a town in Jersey called Sparta too, and I, now I I cannot help but think of that damn um, wow shit. What the fuck? The movie was called Three Hundred, right? Yeah. Okay. Wow. I don't know why I'm blanking on that. I haven't watched a lot of movies recently, and it's just completely fallen out of my head. But um, yeah, when it, initially I was always thinking about that. Of course, now now when I think of Sparta, I think of the uh, the uh, rock band. So, uh, yeah, I can hit this last thing before break, and then I can uh, clean up some of this wine that uh, got all over the goddamn place. Did I spill any on my computer? Uh, miraculously, no. Good. No sparks or anything. This is one I've delayed on for a few weeks, just because I didn't have the time, but I thought it was actually a cool thing. From the nextweb.com, it's a smart kegerator that keeps track of how much your friends are leeching from you. Yes, because we cannot trust our friends with our beer. I, I, I think it makes sense. Now, I know some of my listeners have kegerators, and if you're a home brewer who frequently has guests drinking your beer but never reciprocating with any of their own, this is a crafty way to tell them, hey, I love you, man, but this shit ain't free. So, inventor Phil Harlow, he used a Raspberry Pi, which, if you don't know, it's basically a tiny computer with a credit card-sized motherboard running Linux. Um, Some people, I've seen, they use it for low-power XBMC boxes, amongst other things. Um, In fact, if you're curious what uh, the Raspberry Pi would look like, and no, it's not a Pi, although that would be delicious right now. I think I have an Apple Pi upstairs, in fact. Um, Yeah, it's just one of those frozen ones, but it's still Pi. Pie is almost always delicious, but I'm I'm getting off topic here. Always goes to food. Always goes to food. But um, post this in the chat here, and if you're not in the chat, morelikeradio.com/slash/live, and you can uh, kind of pick up for hour number two. So that's what it looks. I mean, it, it, very small credit card size thing. It has USB ports. Ha- has you know a LAN port, HDMI port, power port, SD card slot. Um, you know, a CPU and GPU. Um. <laughs> Western Echo posting with the Cartman. Yes, it, I I I yell at my wife doing that too. Tell her to get your bitch ass back in your kitchen and make me some pay. That's not a bad Cartman, right? It, it, it was passable, right? Especially considering I haven't watched South Park in years. Um, so he used Raspberry Pi. The initial version was created to keep track of someone's tab based on the price of the keg and the volume of the beer. Now, the latest version, I think this is kind of cool, actually has facial recognition built in, so there's no user interaction necessary. Um, And when people really start drinking, that's probably a good thing. He wants to eventually use weight sensors underneath each keg to get better estimates of volume and in addition, he uh, wants to add a liquid probe thermometer to monitor the temperature. He's getting fancy with it, but you figure if you're a techie and you, you, you're building this kind of stuff and programming this kind of stuff, you always want to do one step up, one step up. 
it'd be a nice addition if you're a home brewer who frequently has guests drinking your beer and never reciprocating with any of their own. So it, maybe, uh, maybe he would market this kind of thing. You know, maybe he would. Um, <laughs> damn it! See, Western Echo liked my impression of Cartman. Um, oh, he wants to. He, he wants me to stick to my racist ones. Um. Has Cartman ever done any race? I mean, I I, I think has hasn't he done like you know Hitler kind of stuff? And excuse me, are you a Jew? Are you a Jew? Nah, okay, <laughs> that's about it. I, I I'm not thinking of my toes. I never think on my fucking toes. I can't think on my fucking feet. Ah, you know what that. It is probably a good time for me to hit break. Clean up this wine. Take a piss. Pour a little bit more wine. So I'll be back after this. Here on Alcohol by Volume. Almost forgot the name of the show. (laughs) Here on More Like Radio. I'll be back. Alcohol by Volume. Kevin Show. Hey. It's the name of the show. Hey. More Like Radio. Less Like Crap. Want more alcohol by volume? Because I'm kind of drunk for this. Let's shit nuts. Download past episodes at morelikeradio.org. Join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. And follow along on Twitter at MLR underscore alcohol. I find your drunkenness very unappealing. I am drunk, or I wouldn't be talking to you. The newest episodes of Talk Radio Meltdown air first on More Like Radio. Listen to new episodes every Friday starting at 4 p.m. Eastern at morelikeradio.com. More Like Radio has a lot of great shows, including ours. Talk Radio Meltdown every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern on More Like Radio. Listen in at morelikeradio.com. Hey, smokers, you stink. I'm not talking about your character. That's a given. I'm talking about your clothes. It's time to kick the butts and move over to something more pleasant. I'm talking about e-cigs from Smokeless Image. They're cheaper than cigarettes, don't smell, and are available in a wide variety of flavors ranging from mints, fruits, desserts, or the traditional tobacco flavors if that's what you want. Simply go to tinyurl.com slash mlrsmoke for all your vaping needs. That's tinyurl.com slash mlrsmoke. Wednesday night at 11 p.m., Tune in to More Like Radio for two hours of wrestling talk on Markout Radio with Dark Fox and Friends. Fistful of assholes! Excuse me? Fistful of assholes? Really? You want me to say that? Just do the bit. (sighs) Alright, you're such a diva now that you have your own show with guest host Punchy, Greenway, and whoever else shows up on Skype or in Fox's creepy basement studio. The smell of common beer doesn't make it creepy. Maybe not, but the fleshlight does. Listen, I have a healthy sexual appetite. Thank you very much. What are the anal beads for? Can you just do the bit? Ugh, fine. Jesus, and you wonder why people get Marianne to do the audio bits. Markout Radio live every Wednesday night from 11 p.m. Eastern on More Like Radio. This is it, the apocalypse. Hey, are you absolute garbage? Let me guess, an alcoholic? A drug addict? When was the last time you were even out of your house? Well, why don't you join us for the Red Show? We're all about personal betterment and self-esteem. I want to do, uh, you know, maybe like uh, City Meets the Swamp, something, something. I hope it ends up with the fucking city getting eaten by a goddamn alligator. Ambassadors of peace at any income level. 
That's what we do here. We're all about olive branches. <laughs> no, you're a fucking white trash asshole. You're about olive fucking garden. Okay? <laughs> One thing we don't forget is how important our fans are. Is there anything more you want to say about any of these uh, cocksuckers that are listening? No, I don't think so. Okay. And we recognize the struggles and hardships of our friends. We don't give a fuck. I hope you <laughs> relapsed. Bird in hell, bull. Oh, my God. God, what are you I meant I love you, bro. Get better. So come join us live Wednesday nights and experience functional substance abuse on The Red Show. Only on More Like Radio. You're doing some things with Enya, correct? I, I hope you end your life. Now, <laughs> get <off the> mic- <laughs> now get off the microphone while I talk to my pal. You know, at the start of the last episode, we went through uh, different nationalities, you know, and now people know that we're Irish. <laughs> and now people know that we're all shite at accents as well. <laughs> but I was wondering, is it prejudice to not make fun of, like, all of the countries? Where are you going for it? We'll name check every country on the show. That way no one can be mad. How about that? I could do Swedish. Oh, yeah. Well. Birdie, birdie. <laughs> and to the Italians? Papa the poopy. Papa the poopy. <laughs> okay. To the Mexicans? Hey, hey man. <laughs> uh, Spain? <laughs> uh, Singapore? Oh. <laughs> Amazing. Australians? Crocodile Dundalk. No. A big loop, are you? <laughs> no, that sounds That's like terrible. an Imrick or something. <laughs> That's right, we never slag off the Irish, do we? Someone put a bomb in me potato. <laughs> there you go. OSW Review. All Irish, all racist. <laughs> Saturday's noon east. Join Halls and Rorschach as they bring you the news you need to get you through your weekend. Ollie, Ollie can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> okay, Ollie, I'm outside right now. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's really boring hard out here. Uh, Sounds like it. Where are you at? Are you in Antarctica? <laughs> Wait a minute, Holly. I see somebody coming toward me. There's a, there's a man coming toward me. Hold on a second. What, you, what are you doing in my yard? I'm getting too old for this shit. guys, it's Halls from It's All About Me. Join Rorschach and myself every Saturday from noon to 2 Eastern Time right here on More Like Radio. Do you like video games? Are you a little antisocial? Well, listen to Antisocial Gamer Radio Tuesdays from 3 to 5 on morelikeradio.com. If you're ready for pro wrestling like it's never been seen before, pro wrestling meant for an adult audience, and pro wrestling where nobody says brother or tells you you can't see them, check out Combat Zone Wrestling, the most innovative, high-flying, hard-hitting, ultra-violent promotion on the planet today. Combat Zone Wrestling. Visit us at www.czwrestling.com. The Cousin Joe Show. Now, I know what a crack vial is because there was one time I went to go score coke and this guy in Patterson asked for coke and he goes, all right. And like usual, they got it all set up great. They got fucking... 
they got all their they're like fucking 14 year old kids on bicycles riding around the corner to flag the dealer if the cops are around like just as lookouts while I'm parked and the guy goes in the apartment or whatever and gets the shit comes out with these vials of it looks like salt and I'm like what is this it's coke and the way he looked at me and said it I'm like I'm not arguing with this guy I'm not I'm just gonna pay take it and I tried stiffing crack I didn't realize until like two minutes later I'm like why is my nose getting clogged with shit I'm like oh wait this isn't coke this is, these are crack rocks but they were <laughs> they were they look like like sea salt they're like fucking <laughs> so you just you got overcharged I remember I went to go get a haircut right after that and I was looking in the barber shop I did everything I called back then. It was crack. It was just part of my day. What are you talking about? I remember looking in the mirror, going like, "Shit!" Because they started to fall out of my nose. (laughs) 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 You're the only motherfucker I've ever heard that tried to sniff crack. (laughs) Tune in to the Cousin Joe Show live Thursday night, seven to ten on More Like Radio. A ton of lineup stronger than Owen Hart's safety harness. MoreLikeRadio.com Other internet radio stations are gay. Watch where you walking, nigga. Hey, what you say, nigga? Watch closely. You're about to experience a nigga moment. Webster defines the nigga moment as a moment when ignorance overwhelms the mind of an otherwise logical Negro male. What did you say, bitch, nigga? Hey, squeeze it, nigga. Causing him to act in an illogical, self-destructive manner, i.e., like a nigga. Nigga moments are unpredictable. Hey, wait, man, wait. This is stupid. Hey, you right, dawg. Look, let's put the guns away and go on about our business. Freeze! But they all end up bad. If they had their own category, nigga moments would be the third leading killer of black men behind pork chops and FEMA. It's a fact. Now let's see how a nigga moment affects a white man. Watch where you walking, bitch. What did you... Wait a minute. (laughs) I'm white. (laughs) Where you going? Don't you ignore me. This is a perfectly good moment to throw your life away. So I ball so hard, motherfuckers wanna find me. The first niggas gotta find me. What's gonna be grand to a motherfucker like me? Welcome to hour number two of Alcohol by Volume. Join in the live chat, please. Morelikeradio.com slash live. And if you wanna Skype in, alcohol by volume, all one word. And the phone number is 862-345-7125. Uh, I think my sinuses are doing a little bit better because I found one of those uh, Vicks vapor inhalers that I I have literally had this thing for probably at least five or six years and it still works. It is amazing. Um, it's probably bad that I've kept it that long, but eh, fuck it, it works. <laughs> Dennis, c- uh, come on. It, the song fit with the rejoiner. It, it, it all pieces together. I don't like fucking Jay-Z. Ugh. But it worked. It worked for that. Ah, whatever. Ah. So where, where where were we? Ah, yes. Spring is in the air. And, ooh, 
My level's a little hot. Ah, spring is in the air. So, of course, you're getting spring seasonals coming out. Now, when I was in the liquor store yesterday getting my box of wine... Um, damn it, Dennis. So hurtful. Dennis is being so hurtful in the chat. But Marianne's in the chat, and she's nice. So that, that balances it out. Um, when I was in the store getting my box of wine... I saw a six-pack of Sam Adams Summer Ale. It's April 1st. Summer Ale. I have barely even seen the Sam Adams Spring Seasonals yet. I have yet to get the... whatever they're calling the the Spring Selection Pack of Sam Adams with the... Uh, what is it? The, the Maple Pecan Porter. What the fuck? Ugh. I mean... I, Part of me actually hopes that that's a old lost six pack of summer ale that they found in the back room. I don't know why they'd want to sell that, you know, send it back to Boston Beer Company. But oh, I mean, it it happened last year with the pumpkin beers. It happened last year with the summer beers, but I don't remember them this soon. I mean, we're we're just getting into the spring seasonals now. So, uh, um, uh, American Craft Beer, they had. 10 spring seasonals to check out. I've had at least a few of these, and I'm going to try and seek out the rest on the list that I haven't had. Um, Spring seasonals, these days, they tend to be more over IPAs, and especially this year, they're going with session IPAs. Um, There are a few on this list that kind of buck that trend, though. So, first one, uh, Cherry Blossom Lager from Dominion Brewing. I had that last year when it came out. I wasn't as impressed with it as I thought it, I would be. It, it, it was good, but um, they say it's conditioned on a bed of 300 pounds of Michigan cherries for 48 hours. And I I didn't really get that out of it. I was expecting a lot more cherry flavor out of it. I don't know, maybe maybe I was expecting too much of it, out of it. Um, like it, The site here, they describe it as blushing pink, effervescent, and tasting lightly of cherry champagne. I I got none of that out of it. I got no cherry flavor whatsoever from it last year, and that really disappointed me because I I, I like I like what Dominion does, so I'll give it another go this season. And I don't know, maybe my taste buds were just broken last year. I don't know. It happens. Um. <laughs> oh, Dennis is gonna go take his medicine. Yeah, go take your medicine, faggot. Jesus. <laughs> See, nobody gave me Cartman things to say, so I just got to think of stuff on the fly. And I, again, I, I can't think on my toes. I, I am not. I am not like the other shows. I'm, I'm not like you know Hippo Juice and Dutch and Royce and and shit. You know, daytime divas and Cousin Joe and uh, Talk Radio Meltdown. All, all the, all the good shows that uh, MLR offers that people can actually think on their goddamn toes. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Um, you would think I, well, you would think I could think more on my toes while sober, but I definitely can't. Uh, the drinking makes me ramble more, so that might be better. Ah, glass number three of the red stuff. And like I said, this is actually, it's actually pretty decent in terms of wine. I mean, the Naked Grape, they say they've uh, they've won 65 gold medals and 338 awards, and I don't think they'd be able to lie on their packaging. So. Anyway, 
back to the spring seasonals. Uh, Einbecker Meyerbach uh, from Einbecker Brauhaus AG, uh, Einbeck, Germany. So they say any list of spring seasonals should probably start with an authentic Maybach. The Maybach style is basically a Helles Lager amped up to box strength, as strong as traditional Bach, but lighter in color and with more hot presence, 6.5% ABV brew. Not just a great example of the Maybach tradition, it's also a great beer. Um, you know what, let me, let me open up their website, Einbecker Brauhaus AG, which is einbecker.de. Uh, you know what, I... I'm honestly not sure if I've ever seen that before, but I may have to keep an eye out for that. Uh, it's a green bottle. Um, it's your your kind of standard German beer text, uh, like the very sharp corners and everything. Um, this this is totally wrong comparison for a German beer, but anytime you see <clears throat> Nazi text, you know SS stuff like that, you know uh, propaganda <laughs> from World War II. Um, it has those sharp corners in the text. Um, it, it, that's, that's the way the, am I, am I, am I being inadvertently racist somehow? I don't know, but that, that's how it looks on, uh, on the bottle there. But yeah, I like the font. Um, the logo is kind of a red crest with an E in it, a crown on top of the E. So I, I honestly can't remember if I've ever seen that before. So I'll have to check that out. Um, you know what? Alan, I, I will do that for you. Red Sox in the chat, he wants me to say something in a Cartman voice. And I will do it because it's a Cartman voice. Hey guys, I love big fat black cack. Does that work for you, man? <laughs> that won't get cut. <laughs> End up in WhatsApp. Ah, next one on the list, they got another Maybach here. This one out of Summit Brewing from St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, they say it combines a toasted sweetness with a subtle spice and peppery character. That sounds like a good combination there. Uh, see, it, it, it's weird. A lot of the brewery names tend to blend together after a while. Um, yes, I do get Summit Brewing out here. I, I had to see the logo to know for sure. Um, th- the logos end up more recognizable, uh, recognizable to me sometimes than the names do. This is one that I had uh, a couple weeks ago. Apperhop from Dogfish Head. Uh, it's been brewed every spring since 2004. It's an American IPA uh, complemented by the addition of apricots, and they actually updated the label for this season. It uh, shows a, well, I guess you could say it looks like a psychotic uh, albino rabbit chomping on a uh, on an apricot, which, I don't know, I, I love the artwork. I, uh, I'm trying to remember who the artist is. I think it's signed on the uh, bottle and I fuck I can't read the signature but I I really liked Apperhop again I'm, I'm getting I'm getting into the IPAs Apperhop was one I wanted to try last year and was never able to find this year it's fucking everywhere around here and I I picked up a was it a six pack of it or a four pack I think it was a six pack and really really good very good uh you know nice citrus notes and everything and you know it it, it if you can handle, if you can handle a, um, you know, if you can handle IPAs and the the American IPAs, in my opinion, do seem to be a little bit more mellow, approachable, as you know, as you will, for um, uh, for people that aren't necessarily you know hop heads. And again, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not drinking you know double IPAs and stuff like that. It, those are still 
kicking my ass. Uh, this is one that I have not had that I recall, but I know I've seen it, and I don't know why I haven't had it. it um, it's Rogue's Irish Lager. Uh, great craft beer take on a classic style, and they say uh, 5% ABV, smooth, mellow, and perfect for floating Guinness. So that's that's a decent idea there, too. Uh, that might be something I'll pick up next time I'm out. I, I, I Believe me, if I picked up everything I said I'd pick up next time I'm out, I'd be spending $100 plus every single time I went to the liquor store. So I have to exercise a little bit of judgment, but it's something I want to try down the road, at least. Uh, Spring Rain from Ninkasi Brewing Company. Uh, let's see, do I, I... Again, I can't... The names all blend together. Uh, I don't. I don't think I get Ninkasi out here. Uh, through throughout Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Alaska, and San Francisco. Yeah, no, no Ninkasi out here. So if anybody wants to send me anything from Ninkasi, uh, especially this one, I, I wouldn't mind that. It's spring rain brewed every spring since 2009. Refreshing light Pacific Northwest style pale ale with a toasted malt front end that gives way to a bright citrus hop finish. See, I like those. Those beers that kind of cascade on your tongue, I guess. You know, you get the the flavor progression there. Um, oh, okay. Western Echo in the chat. He had the rogue Irish lager. Said it was meh, okay. So, I I I I trust Dennis's opinion when it comes to beer. A lot of the time, I know I know he doesn't like a lot of the same stuff that I like. Uh, you know, he he's not into you know the more fruit beers. But if I remember correctly, he had purple haze and didn't hate it so i mean that's you know that's one thing right there but um you know I, I'll, I'll trust dennis's opinion on that and uh i'll maybe i'll skip the rogue irish lager unless, unless i see some like you know massive deal on a uh on uh one of the bomber bottles like well for instance um was it yesterday or the day before i think it might have actually been yesterday i finally drank that bottle of um the uh victory helio saison that i got and it was like three ninety nine for a for a twenty two uh, ounce bottle, and really good, cheap, but really good. So I mean, if I was able to get the Rogue Irish Lager for three ninety nine, I'd probably do that. Uh, Southern Hemisphere Harvest Fresh Hop IPA. That is a mouthful. That's from Sierra Nevada, and Sierra Nevada ships pretty much everywhere. Uh, they've taken Autumn's wet hop tradition and created a new one by shipping in fresh Southern Cross, Pacifica, and Motika hops from New Zealand within seven days. It's a fresh hop IPA only brewed in the spring. So you, you kind of get a sense, you know, uh, pale ales, IPAs here. Um, you know, that, that, that seems to be the thing of the spring now. And, uh, but, but monkey in the chat, he just, uh, he posted, um, a gif of basically, I, I didn't catch if it was a beer or just some sort of booze, but it's, uh, well, you could basically say it's a, a booze bag. Uh, you know, wear it around your waist. You fill it up, wear it around your waist, and um, you basically pour it out of a spigot from your uh, zippa hole. And uh, I actually saw, yeah, okay, I think, yeah, like I guess that is a beer. I actually saw that on uh, Reddit today, and I know I've seen devices like that before. Um, and I, I know I've seen ones that have the spigot that come out the cock hole, too. So, not the literal cock hole, the cock hole of the jeans. If it, if you had a spigot coming out your cock hole, that would, that would be painful, and that would be tantamount to a meat spin. Uh, but if you're pissing beer, then I guess it's kind of worth it. 
Um, but it, neat idea, but I I don't want to be the guy that basically visibly pissing into a glass. I I I'll just you know I'll I'll, I'll just pour my beer into a you know empty can of soda or something like that. I don't know. Um, anyway, where the fuck was I? Um, ah, okay. This is this is one that I am looking forward to coming out. Stone Brewing's Imperial Russian Stout. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Mid-April release, so we're getting that in a couple weeks. Timed up with the IRS tax deadline. Featuring a dark, heavy body, black currant, coffee, and anise tone. Stone Imperial Russian Stout should be enough to soothe your tax filing blues. I did not write that. That is from AmericanCraftBeer.com. Uh, if you thought it was great... Good for them. If you thought it sucked, yep, wasn't me. Uh, but I, I, I love Stone's Imperial Russian Stout. Um, last year, I know both Dennis and I loved the um, the odd year version of it. it basically, it was Stone and their Imperial Russian Stout in odd years like 2013, 2011, and so on. They will release the regular Imperial Russian Stout, but they'll also release a different take on it. Last year, they had an espresso Imperial Russian Stout, and it was goddamn good. I, I actually wish I had bought more of it to let it kind of sit in age, because I have a feeling that would be one that would get better with age. But even still, the the, the regular Imperial Russian Stout, I mean, I should probably, probably get an extra one of that to uh, just let it sit in age and you know compare and see how it is. I swear, if I had the room, I I would love to have just a beer cellar to let... Ugh. But I don't have that. This house is shit. We want to move. Want to move to Florida. But mm, nothing happening yet. Uh, next one here. Uh, this is from Deschute out of Oregon. I know I don't get Deschute out of here. Um, out here. Out of here? Oof. Fuck. Uh, Red Chair NWPA. Now, I uh, I guess uh, Northwest Pale Ale, that is what it stands for, apparently. They say, call it a red ale on steroids or a mellow IPA. Okay. One of the most balanced hop-forward ales you'll find today. Once limited to the Pacific Northwest, you should be able to find red chair everywhere. Deschute is sold, which is not here in New Jersey, unfortunately. Uh, I, I always hear great things about Deschute, but I don't get anything from theirs here. And the last one, this is from Hapoon Brewery out of Boston, Massachusetts. Wow, my, my accent totally got fucked halfway through that. I'll start over and just say Hapoon Brewery. Okay, that's better. Uh, Long Thaw White IPA. Uh, blends the spiciness of a Belgian wheat and the American hop character of an IPA. That's one I want to say I've had before. I've, I've had a variety of different Harpoon beers it wouldn't surprise me if I had had that one before. If I haven't, I probably should because I'd like to, you know, it, it, it's a shame that uh, so many of these beers that I've had, I just don't remember. Huh, yeah, I was drunk, huh? No, it, just a lot of it, I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't paying attention at the time and really remembering, you know, what beer was what. But uh, the combination of a Belgian wit and an IPA, I, I I can see that really working well together. So, uh, wait, is Kitty in the chat? Oh my God, 
It is a wonderful gathering in the chat. Morelikeradio.com slash live. Welcome, 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 Kitty. I'm happy to have you there. Kitty and Marianne in the chat, and it's not Monday night. It's amazing. I feel so happy. Ah, Let's see. What do I got here next? Colorado Governor's Mansion has beer taps installed. Um, wait. Oh, he was drunk. Haha, <laughs> jokes about himself because it makes it more gooder. Uh, are, 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 you, are you critiquing my uh, lack of comedic timing and lack of comedic form, Dennis? Because you would be completely right in that. Um, I, I have the comedic timing of, well, Cornex. <laughs> That 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 that's pretty much it right there. There's really no joke there. That's just the total honest truth right there. So Colorado Governor's Mansion has beer taps installed. Um, you know, there's a video with this, but that that would be lazy. I would feel lazy doing that, just hitting the video. So I'm not going to do that. So okay, why why is this a big deal? The Governor's Mansion has beer taps installed. Ooh, yeah. You know, you would think so people have beer taps installed all the time. Well, this is the first in the nation to have beer taps at a gubernatorial residence. See, I'm two and a half glasses of wine in, and I can still say gubernatorial. I can also say gubernatorial residence. Because Colorado gets all the good shit, goddammit. See, I can do a decent Hartman voice. Oh, <laughs> Kitty said, never compare myself to Cornex. Western Echo says, because I've been laid. Well, yeah, there's 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 proof of that. I've, I've been laid at least twice. Well, we can say at least once. And then once the second baby pops out, we can say at least twice. Until then. Hmm. Ah. So the intention with these beer taps, other than just being able to enjoy good beer in the governor's mansion is to showcase Colorado's craft brewery industry. God damn it. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I gotta stop here. I'm, I'm noticing myself. You guys should be very pleased that there is not a video feed for this show. I swear to God, I talk with my hands like a goddamn Italian, and I'm still doing it while I'm talking right now. I, who the fuck am I gesticulating to? No one! Apparently I'm just doing it for my own fucking goddamn pleasure. Whatever. Okay. So the intention is to showcase Colorado's craft brew industry, which has over 230 federally licensed breweries with 53 craft beer operations opening in the state last year alone. Dennis is not pleased. When is Dennis ever pleased? Hmm. The governor actually has some familiarity with the craft beer industry. He actually founded Wincoop Brewing Company back in 19, uh, 1988. So he's he's kind of a you know old old hand in the craft brewing game. Taps are going to feature a rotation of three Colorado-brewed craft beers for parties and events. One of the first will be a pale ale from, who else? Wincoop. And uh, it's a, it, I mean, honestly, it's a smart way to support the local industry. Apparently, craft beer is only 6% of the beer market in Colorado, but 64% of the jobs. That is what this uh, the video on the on the uh, page for this. And this is USA Today. I don't know. Um, I'm looking at the 
thumbnail for the video. I think it says Fox 31, so it might be like Fox 31 uh, Denver. Oh, yeah, uh, KDVR in Denver. There we go. <laughs> Read the article, Kevin. Um, yeah, that's what they said. 6% of the beer market consumed in Colorado, but 64% of the jobs. That is a stunning difference right there. It's also very impressive that like that is the percentage of beer related jobs in Colorado. It's amazing. But it just kind of tells you how the craft brew scene is really really jumping up in Colorado. So the governor was asked if um he was worried that with the marijuana legislation, you know, going forward in in Colorado and now the taps at the governor's mansion, if he was worried that Colorado would get this label as a party state. The guy actually had a smart response, especially for a politician. I'm, I'm paraphrasing with this because, again, this was, um, I think this was in the um, the video piece. And again, I'm not being lazy. I'm, 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 I'm verbalizing here. I'm not letting a video do the talking for me. But first, let me have a sip of wine. Again, this Pinot Noir is surprisingly good. Very tasty. Mm-hmm. So it's a shame I don't see Sherry in the chat. She would probably she would probably praise me for drinking wine tonight, even though it's from a box. Mm. He stated that marijuana is properly re- yeah, Jesus Christ, Kev. It's properly regulated, basically not some party all the time free for all. And as far as craft beer goes, it's ordinarily not the type of beer that you drink a bunch of to get hammered, but more about enjoying it in smaller amounts. And I'll agree with him on that. Yes, I personally do end up getting hammered on craft beers. But to be fair, it's often a bunch of different craft beers, so I'm enjoying them all differently. Um, but a- as a rule, when you when you see, you know, people, you know, doing keg stands at a party, when you see people, you know, chugging down beer cans and crushing them and tossing them across the yard, it's not craft beer usually that is in those kind of settings. So this guy, you know, um, what's his name? Hickenlooper. Hickenlooper. It's a fun name. Fun name to say. Try Say it for yourself. Hickenlooper. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he has a good sense of that, that it, it's, it's, not, it's not meant to create, you know, party atmosphere. Uh, from what I've seen with the marijuana legislation in Colorado, I mean, I'm not seeing it firsthand, just, you know, seeing through the media, and we all know the liberal media lies, but it, it seems like everything is you know, pretty well in hand there, pretty well in control, that, you know, people aren't, you know, losing their minds in the streets, and, you know, oh my god, everybody is overdosing on marijuana because that's what people do on marijuana cigarettes, ah! He, he knows how important the craft beer industry is in Colorado, and it, it's a good way to promote it. I mean, the governor's mansion will hold a lot of important events. He'll have lobbyists there. He'll have investors or whatever, whatever governors do. You know, he'll, he'll have the important movers and shakers in the region. Ugh, I can't believe I just said movers and shakers. Um, but, it, you know, the, he'll be able to, you know, show to them how important the craft beer industry is. Um, I I think it's a good idea. I mean, well, shit, I'd, I'd love to have taps in my house, but I'm I'm not a governor. I don't I don't, I don't make even close to that kind of money. Um, so Colorado Colorado has the right idea with that. Colorado just seems to be a very forward thinking state these days. And uh, you know, I, I'd move out there if it wasn't for you know the whole altitude thing and well the fact that you know 
Dutch is out there. And, you know, Dutch is kind of a meanie pants. This is this this is an open offer to <coughs> his ex, <coughs> Kelly, if, if, if she would like to listen to the show. She is fully welcome to listen to the show because I know Dutch doesn't listen to my show because he just doesn't listen. So, Kelly, if you're out there, you're free to listen, free to join in the chat. We still like you. Ah, let's see what else I got here. Stuff I've stuff I've been sitting on for a while. So uh, I was not confident in my prep this week, but you know what? I actually did. Um, damn it! Who? Um, I think Rich posted this link in the Facebook group um, a little bit earlier today. Um, and let's see, it's from uh, Daily Mail in the UK. I'm assuming even though this was posted today, this does not seem like a April Fool's kind of thing. It just seems like a research thing. Um, It has to do with uh, researchers analyzing a million tweets. This seems, you know, logical. To find what beers people were drinking in the U.S. The overall headline here was the East Coast prefers Bud, the West Coast goes for Coors, and if you live near the coast... You're probably drinking wine. I live coast-ish, and I'm drinking wine right now. Um, but that's actually kind of surprising, you know. Well, not surprising, but when I uh, before I you know got craft beer kick, it was always Bud. I never, I never did Coors, I never did Miller. Um, so I guess it kind of makes sense there. As the article states, let's see here, um, the East Coast prefers Bud Light, and those near the coast are more likely to prefer wine over beer. A new study of America's drinking habits has revealed. Researchers analyzed a million tweets to find out which each region prefers. They found tweet preferences for Bud Light were found mainly in the eastern half of the U.S., while preferences for Coors Light originate in the western half, particularly near Colorado and surrounding states. They actually have a uh, image. Let me see if I can copy this image posted in the chat here. Um, let's see here. There we go. Post that in the chat there. See so uh, if you're in the chat, morelikeradio.com slash live, you can kind of see this map here. Uh, Bud Light has a big swath of the western U.S. Um, basically, more or less like uh, up in Maine, um, you know, down down the east coast, down to Florida, a uh, good good uh, maybe half to two thirds of Texas, a um, little bit of Oklahoma, but it, it goes it goes pretty far west at that point. Um, when you look at like Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, those are mainly Bush Miller Light states. Um, strangely enough, Michigan tends to be a Bush Miller Light state, which. Actually, you know what? That that shouldn't surprise me. It's like when you get into the thumb of Michigan, and um, up to the you know tip of the Lower Peninsula, uh, that's all Bud Light. But when I think back to like what my dad would drink, you know, I, I I've mentioned before, you know, he'll drink like Milwaukee's best and stuff like that. But I I do recall seeing stuff like Bush in the fridge too. So that that doesn't surprise me. The only region that looked like it was going with Bush Light. Um, shit, I'm trying to identify these states here. Uh, fuck. I can't do my geography well, but, uh, you know, like, 
let's let's say a little a uh, little west of uh, Illinois. There we go. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It looks like it's a state with a nose. <laughs> and then um, you know, kind of out, out in the west, uh, more uh, there there was a lot of swath of not enough data, which is kind of well. It it uh, you almost look it's it, it's a little. Well, no, it's not even Bible Belt there because Bible Belt would still encompass a lot of the the Bud Light territory, but like Coors Light, you're getting up in Washington State, Oregon, um, like three quarters of California, a uh, little bit of Arizona, um, upper part of Texas. So it, it's an interesting it's an interesting split there. Uh, back to the article. Other beer spaces included Miller Lite preferences in the Midwest and Great Plains and brands like Corona and Dos Equis in the southern border regions of the U.S. That's not surprising either. Most wine-related tweets... Okay, this isn't surprising either. Most wine-related tweets were sent from the wine-growing regions of Washington, Oregon, and northern and central California. California, that's no surprise at all. Overall, residents of the eastern and western U.S. coastal regions were more partial to wine, or at least were more likely to tweet about it. And uh, you have to think maybe you know if if you're sitting you know if you're sitting at a you know beach house or something, you might be you know drinking wine on the deck or something. Maybe I don't know. Well, people from several midwestern states and into Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas were more apt to tweet about beer. And apparently, these maps have been produced for a new book called The Geography of Beer, uh, done by University of Kentucky geographers Matthew Zook and Eight Portuis. What kind of name is Eight? A-T-E, as in the past tense of eat. That is very, very interesting. I did not know that name existed. I'm curious if that's short for something else. Um... They say the beer preferences often reflected an area's history. The Twitter maps quite accurately reflect various regions' history and cultural practices surrounding beer production and consumption and show just how much reality and cyberspace overlap. And that's a fair point. I mean, if you know, if you look on Twitter and you see a lot of horrors from a certain region, that region's probably full of horrors. You know. And if you see, a, say, a bunch of gay gentlemen on Twitter from a certain region, that region is probably full of the gay. So, um, there's another map on here um, that really, uh, it, it tried to separate between beer and wine. I'll post that in the chat too. Um, let's see. Again, that, that, you know, that same, that same area in the West had a lot of not enough data. Um, but this, this was split up a bit more. Um, Beer was mostly mostly in the Midwest. You're looking at Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, most of Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee. Um, you get wine really big in, I'd say, California, uh, Florida especially. Florida is probably the, uh, that and, well, actually, wow, that is actually interesting. Um, Florida... New Jersey, a little bit of Pennsylvania, which doesn't surprise me. There, in that area of Pennsylvania, that it has uh, Eastern Pennsylvania, there there are a good amount of wineries there. Uh, New York State is mostly wine. Massachusetts, fully wine. 
Um, actually, most of the New England area is wine, and then a lot of the rest are, uh, you know, classified as a bit of both. This map, they have wine, a bit of both, and beer, and then, of course, not enough data. Um, let's see. Uh, dominance of top-selling Bud Light and Coors Light in the light beer cyberspace of Twitter is not surprising. Geographic preference for Coors Light in the western U.S. showcased the overall preferences in certain, re- certain regional and state markets, the team said. This regional preference became more prevalent when examining the tweets of beers with smaller market shares. Again, this is kind of cool, too. Um, including Bush Light, Yingling, Grain Belt, and even Sam Adams. Even preference for beer or wine was geographically evident when mapped, just like I mentioned there. And then, um, okay, <laughs> another... It's, wow, I, I never thought I liked maps, but these maps are actually, actually kind of cool. This seems like it'd be a, a good book to kind of thumb through. This last map, and I, I just post... Well, actually, you know, I may end up posting another one. I don't know. Um, I posted this in the chat here. It um, tried to show um, smaller beers being localized in their popularity. Sam Adams, very popular in the, in the New England area. Saranac. Uh, let's see, New York State and... Most most of Michigan, with the exception of the uh, western part of Michigan, which were more Goose Island and Schlitz and Milwaukee. Uh, Minnesota's got Grain Belt, which is not surprising. Uh, Coors in um, was that uh, New Mexico and Colorado, uh, Olympia up in Washington State. Uh, Corona in Southern California, um, and uh, was that Arizona, uh, along with Dos Equis, uh, also in Arizona, and Texas, Southern Texas, Lone Star in Texas, uh, Budweiser in Missouri. That's not surprising. Um, now, let's see, uh, Yingling in Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Florida. That surprised me a little bit. Um, I honestly, I didn't realize. Well, actually, yes, I did realize that uh, Florida had Yingling. I remember, uh, I remember seeing it down there. Um, Portuguese said beer, like many other social practices, may be millenniums old, but the socio-spatial practices associated with it, checking into a brewery, posting a review, geotagging a photo, continue to evolve, and therefore our approaches to data and research must also evolve to capture these geographies. That actually does seem like a useful function of Twitter. Um, you know, demographics, um, you know, geographics of certain tendencies, behaviors, consumption styles. I mean, yeah, you know, people are gonna people are gonna bullshit on Twitter a lot, but you know, why, why are you gonna lie about what kind of beer you're drinking? Why are you gonna lie about drinking wine? I mean, okay, a couple people might, you know, just to seem more fancy, and I am not one of them. I am drinking from a boxed wine, and I will fully admit it, and I admitted that on Twitter earlier. Ah. But um it it does seem like Twitter is a is a neat system now to be able to pull data like that. And why not, you know, pull stuff about beer? Um they, they even had, they had a couple more maps on here, just kind of showing saturation of uh, heat maps of popular beers. You know, Bud Light, 
you know, very, very dark on the map. Doseki is dark on the lower part. Corona, not so much. Miller Light, more up in the, um, like, northeast, midwest kind of area. You know, Grain Belt, uh, Minnesota. Sam Adams, uh, New England. Goose Island, more that uh, uh, southwest Michigan, Illinois area. Yingling was spread a little bit more over the east coast. But really, really cool data in this. I've never been, like, you know, a statistician or... You know, really going for you know a lot of a lot of data on stuff. That's I, I've never been good at math, never been good at that kind of stuff. But for some reason, I find figures like this fascinating, and I don't know why. Um, let's see here. Um, oh, Kitty said Lone Star reminds her of True Detective. You know what? And I'll have to admit, I have not watched True Detective yet. I I need to. I have it on my XBMC box, but I've just been catching up on everything else. Uh, Psych just ended, and oh, god damn, that was, that was a great series finale for Psych. Uh, probably one of the best series finales I've seen in a long-ass time. Um, let's see, Raising Hope is ending. Um, I mean, right now, probably my two favorite shows on TV are Supernatural and Once Upon a Time. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland is getting canceled, which, eh, okay, that's fine. As long as the, the main Once Upon a Time is still going. What else am I watching now? Um, we've been trying to catch up on Almost Human on Fox, which is fantastic and may get canceled. Um, but True Detective, we will be watching it eventually. Uh, hopefully catch up on it during the summer. Um, as As shows that we watch end up, you know, ending or getting canceled or whatever. It frees up more time for us. Um, what's another show we've been catching up on? Person of Interest. Um, it, it, it's funny. There's so much shitty TV out there, but we, we find enough good TV to still not have enough time to catch up on the other stuff. So, uh, yeah, and I, I want to say, I want to say on, um, on Daytime Divas, there has been, like, you know, true detective spoilers here and there, but my memory is such shit that, hmm, doesn't bother me. I, I can listen to it and be like, eh, I'm not going to remember this tomorrow. Fuck it. So I'll watch it eventually. Um, my wife is watching um, uh, Call the Midwife now, which I know Kitty and Marianne and Halls are watching. Uh, I know my wife has not gotten into season three yet, but she has it ready to go on the XBMC box and she loves it. And what I what little I've watched of it, I've enjoyed um, I don't know. So, something about British shows. I mean, it, it's not something I would necessarily watch on my own, but I'll watch it with my wife. I have no problem with that. Uh, Jesus. I feel like I have a blister developing on my toe. That's not good. That is not a good thing there. Well, you know what? It's 748. We are getting to the close of the show. and I, I, I appreciate the people popping into the chat tonight. I, I, I feel very, very honored to, to have... Like good people in the chat tonight. Not saying I don't always have good people in the chat, but seems to be a good variety of people in the chat. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say tonight. So I appreciate your presence there tonight. I will get into the new beer releases and reveals for the week. Let me uh, close out a few tabs here so I can kind of catch up to some of this. First one here from Clown Shoes. I have been seeing more and more of Clown Shoes in my area lately, so hopefully this is one that I will get to see. Ah, where's my keyboard? Damn tray. 
This is Clown Shoes Burnt Caramel American Brown Ale. Now, I, I've had some uh, Clown Shoes stuff recently. Um, was it uh, Luchador El Fuego and Chocolate Sombrero. It's a Mexican-style chocolate stout. The Luchador El Fuego is another Mexican-style chocolate stout, but with uh, chipotle peppers. So, both of them fantastic. I'm sorry, wait, I'm sorry. I take that back. Not with chipotle peppers. Uh, Luchador is uh, bourbon barrel-aged. So, same style, but different takes on it. Both excellent. Clown Shoes seems to do pretty good stuff. Um... So this is a brown ale. It's brewed with 500 pounds of burnt caramel. Wow. From Toscanini's uh, Ice Cream Shop in Cambridge, Massachusetts. It's going to be available in 22-ounce bottles. The arrival is still to be announced, and the ABV looks to be 7%. Uh, New Belgium, they have a uh, summer Hellas coming out. Uh, oh, excuse me. Getting the wine burps. That's never good. Those will wake you up in the middle of the night and make you scream. Post this image in the chat of the label. Uh, lager. The new summer seasonal from New Belgium. It was originally brewed to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Telluride and... Uh, I'm sorry. Telluride's Bluegrass and Rocky Grass Festivals. Uh, let's see. It's a traditional German-style lager. Five... Yeah. Oof. I'm losing myself. 5% ABV. It'll be available in the next few months in 12-ounce bottles. Uh, this is, next one is one uh, from New Jersey. I've seen them many a time at the festivals, so I'm, I'm pretty familiar with them. Oddly enough, though, I don't think I've really seen any of their stuff in stores. I, maybe I have, and I just don't remember, but it's a pretty distinctive logo if you see it there in the chat. Bolero Snort Long Hop IPA. Uh, supposedly very hoppy, but still sessionable at 4.2% ABV. They're going year-round with this brew now, and now it's also available in 12-ounce cans. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, let's see here. Uh, what else I got? Uh, Flying Dog Easy IPA. Flying Dog is uh, it's another East Coast beer. I thought I had a label for it, but I do not apologize. Um it was originally released... Ugh, ugh. Obviously, I need another sip of wine. I don't know. It, it, I, ugh. I, I don't know what it is. For some reason, when I drink enough, I get what could probably be affectionately referred to as retard tongue, where it, it seems like I'm, I'm just tripping over my own tongue. I don't know what it is. Flying Dog Easy IPA, originally released last May as part of their Brewhouse Rarity series. Now it's going year-round. I guess these brewers are seeing that, you know, if there's a demand for it, either throw it out as a seasonal. You know, if you had it as a, you know, rare release, throw it as a seasonal, or just do it as a year-round if there's really that much demand for it. So why not? It's a session IPA, and again, the market's getting flooded with these now. And if you're not if you're not sure about IPAs, session IPAs are honestly the way to go. Um, they're, they're they're not gonna completely overwhelm you with the bitterness. They're not gonna completely overwhelm you with the hoppiness. It's it's a lower alcohol level, so it's not gonna completely fuck you up, which is always good. You know, if you're more 
trying to get to the tasting than the, oh, I'm going to get wasted, you know, kind of stuff. Um, so this, this is one I will be seeking out, of course, because I, I've been all about the session IPAs lately, apparently. 4.7% ABV. It's going to be rolling out in the mid-Atlantic region around April 15th. So going to be seeing that in a couple of weeks. I know I'm going to see that out there. Um, wait, let's see here. Western Echo in the chat said, affectionately, eh? Wait, did I say something affectionately? God damn it. What did I say? What did I say? What did I say? I can't... Uh, it's, a, it's amazing I can function in society. I can't remember what I said a minute ago, apparently. I mean, I can't remember what I did a day ago. A uh, day ago? What? Racist? What? <laughs> I'm not racist. I'm just big bone. Um, let me get on the next one here. Flying Dog, another one from Flying Dog, Bloodline Blood Orange IPA. This is one I wanted to try last year, but I I don't think they actually had this released for general release. Yeah, general release. It was a limited release to celebrate the 2013 Craft Brewers Conference. So... I ended up actually trying Super Fuzz Blood Orange uh, Pale Ale from Elysian as a substitute. At that time, I wasn't that impressed with it. it, but that was back then where I really could not handle IPAs. Now, I might be more amenable to the taste of it. Um, I mean, I, I, I kind of got the Blood Orange out of the Elysian, but uh, actually, I'd, I'd probably like the Elysian more now, too. Maybe I'll maybe I'll try both of them this year and see what I think of them because I, I fucking love blood orange so there, there's no reason I shouldn't like these so this uh, bloodline it's going year round just like the easy IPA it's brewed with blood orange peel and juice seven point uh, seven jeez I want I always want to say something point something percent ABV and the whole numbers screw me up. I'm not trying to say 7%, so explains that. 7% ABV, it uses Citra and Galaxy Hops, and it's going to be available on draft in the Mid-Atlantic region right around the same time as Easy IPA, so mid-April, followed by six packs in early June. Um, let's see, what do we got next year? Allagash Saison. Uh, it's... It's actually Allagash's first new year-round beer in seven years. I I did not know that. I I I'm not. No, I'm not going to do a Johnny Carson impression. Fuck that. I can't do it. I can't do. I can't fucking do it. I'm not going to do Johnny Carson impression. Come on, you guys. Screw you guys. I'm going to Um. So it's their interpretation of a classic Belgian-style saison. I want to say I saw it when I was out this weekend, but I'm not 100 percent certain. Um. Where the hell was I when I saw it? Uh, fuck. Where the hell did I shop last? Was it Bottle King? I think it was Bottle King out in Hackettstown. No, uh, was that Hackettstown or Mansfield? You guys don't give a shit. What the fuck am I doing? I'm talking to myself. I do this all day. Now I do it on the radio. What the hell? At 6.5% ABV. See, the decimal point fucks me up. Available now in 17 states and DC in 12-ounce four-packs. And, uh... Mentioned this one before. Uh, Stone's 2014 Imperial Russian Stout. Always a good one. This, I, I didn't dawn on me that this was the case. It's actually a spring seasonal. So, um, it would make sense with the IRS tax deadline. 
Uh, strong at uh, 10.6% ABV. Features four malt varieties and warrior hops. The release lines up with the IRS tax deadline, thus Imperial Russian Stout IRS, instead of the usual Russian Imperial Stout uh, um, RIS naming. Now available, apparently, in 22-ounce bottles and on draft, so I'm keeping an eye out for that because I am going to definitely get myself at least a couple bottles of that. Rogue's Chipotle Ale returns now as part of their Rogue Farm series. I don't believe that they are changing the recipe. They're just changing the name. Uh, the Rogue Farm series, it highlights ingredients actually grown at Rogue Farms. Uh, in this case, they're Chipotle peppers. Makes sense. It's available in 22-ounce bottles and on draft. In my opinion, this is a good spicy beer that's not too overpowering and probably one of the more approachable chili beers. And I apparently have a baby behind me. What What are you doing? Get out of here, kid. Scoot, kid. Go. Go. Go, kid. And a dog. <laughs> apparently, they, they got home a little bit too quickly. I think they were out doing stuff. <laughs> Dallas, go. 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 Dog doesn't want to leave. <laughs> Probably won't bark without the kid in here. Anyway, um, it... it I, I think the Chipotle ales, it's one of the more approachable chili beers. There are some that really, that you get that pepper feeling in the back of your throat and it, it becomes a little bit too much. Um, but I, 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 th- I think that one is a, is a good one to start with. Last thing here, uh, this is specifically for baseball fans in the San Francisco area. Um, in celebration of the San Francisco Giants 2014 season, Anchor Brewing has released a limited edition commemorative San Francisco Giants Anchor Steam 12-pack, specially designed packaging features team colors and their logo with, of course, 12 Anchor Steam beers and baseball history notes printed on an interior flap. It's a neat collectible for Giants fans, and Anchor Steam beer is great anyway. So, if you're in the San Francisco area, check that out, especially if you are a Giants fan. That's the show for today. As always, if there's a local beer you think I should try, drop me an email at kevin at morelikeradio.com. See if we can try and work out some kind of beer trade. ABV beer tasting list, tinyurl.com slash ABV beer tasting. Open spreadsheet from Google. Add your beers to it. I've been adding stuff. Um, added stuff from uh, this weekend, the Pineapple Express, stuff like that. Check out what we're talking about in the Facebook group. I uh, got one of the things I talked about today from, uh, from uh, Rich in Arizona. Facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. You can always like the ABV Facebook page, Facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. I know I need to do a little bit more stuff on there, but I will, I will, I will. Follow me on Twitter at EDICIUSDCIUS. That's the way I say it, but everybody else says it differently. At MLR underscore alcohol. Look me up on Untapped. You can friend me. Don't be afraid. Alcohol by volume. All one word. And coming up next, Unsigned Hype with J5. Followed by Dutch and Royce. Thank you, everybody, for joining. I will see you next week.